Round two is no joke, even when you're facing the Joker. This is where the, we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000. That's right, 10 Gs, baby, in total prizes each day. The best part, it's free. If I didn't make that clear, it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games. Track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from what team will hit mo the most three-pointers a game to which team will score first. And the best part, DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience that's right no risk here uh, in getting your money in and out it's that easy download the top rated DraftKings app now and use the co promo code tbpn that's promo code tbpn when you sign up to get your free shot at ten thousand dollars in total prizes Every day of the basketball playoffs, head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes and use that promo code TBPM for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup, Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Boomer Shakalaka. Ahoy, ahoy. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or listening to us on the podcast, wherever you get them. We appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you will know. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. Joining me, as always, no, Dave King's not next to me. It's the Carmel Thunder from Down Under, who's moved next to me today. It is Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you, my friend? Otherwise known as the other Gray Bush. <laughs> we can fix that. Manscaped can help you with the Gray Bush. Uh, uh, how are you, Saul? Oh, man. You know, uh, you know I, I was talking about this the other night. You know, I felt... I felt like almost more relief than I did um, ecstasy in, in that game seven or game six win, uh, mostly because you knew you should have won these last two games, especially without AD. And so uh, I, I was exhausted. and I, I'm looking forward to the weekend to kind of bounce back and recoup. You know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling good with the extra room on the screen. You know, a few less boxes uh, on, <laughs> yeah, on the video. Yeah, feed. Look at this. We can stretch also, out a little bit. Also, I do want to say this, and I figured we might get to it at some point, but I'm literally giving – I'm paying a little bit of respect to Ryan McDonough. Now, I don't think he deserves a ton of respect, but I did wear the time to rise <laughs> 2018 shirt. I'm wearing uh, the timeline. There you go. There you go. You know, <laughs> look, uh, <laughs> look, were there a lot of bad moves? Yes, we've covered them a million times. I mean, before you were here, we put them on trial for God's sake. But there's no uh, there's no denying that this roster is significantly better than where he left it or where he uh, excuse me, where he acquired the roster. And he gave them building blocks that now are paying dividends, and James Jones took it that next step. He understood how to build a, a 
a group around these guys and Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton that put them in in a contending spot. So congratulations to both guys on on playing major parts in setting this team up for the success right now. You know, I that that's that's all uh, that's what all this rebuild is about. And usually the the GM that uh, that drafts the guys isn't the guy that sees the success. Just like. Uh, you know, Hinky in uh, in in Philly. I mean, that the process. Yeah, sure, the process wound up working because they got Embiid and Ben Simmons. But he's not there to to see the success. It's it's similar. So, enough on that though. We've looked into the past, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's let's talk about. We'll stay in the past a little bit. Final thoughts on that Lakers series before we start looking ahead, which we'll spend a majority of the episode. Very excited to have the Athletics' Gina Mizell joining us in the program a little later on. We'll talk about her time with the organization and looking at this Nuggets series. But before we get there, so, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to call you out, but I don't think she's with the Athletic anymore. I think she works for the Phoenix Suns. Excuse me, with the Suns, formerly with the Athletic <laughs> is what I meant. To formerly with the Athletic. We now will not give any time. love on this show to any outlet that would release Anybody like Gina Mizell in a year where the Suns could potentially do some crazy damage in the playoffs. What a bad move by the yeah, somebody somebody over that. there is going, oops, just like yeah. I just went, oops, I meant to say formally with the athletic now with suns.com. Uh, Gina will be joining you know, us and she does uh, unbelievable work. I, I don't tell Dave, please don't tell Dave, but I think she's the best. Sons writer in in town. So, ooh, ooh, you know, despite the fact that she doesn't follow me on Twitter, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I I completely agree. I think she's she's always she has this knack for of of, you know, there's a knack to be professional, and 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 ask the tough questions without being a jerk about it, and and that's mostly you know her Kellen Olson. Um, you know, those are the two that always stand stand out in my mind because they're there for everything every practice every press conference every every moment and so uh th those two just do a terrific job and gina's uh, definitely one of the best for sure but uh, uh, go ahead i was just gonna say we'll continue the ass kissing when uh, when gina gets here sure. uh, as well <laughs> but for sure. let's, let's... don't think don't think i won't bring up the twitter thing again <laughs> <laughs> yeah saul's not bitter at all about no, certain things no. uh so let's let's take a quick look back at that yeah. lakers series and what now that we've had some time removed, I mean, we we had an instant reaction right after, uh, right after the game. But now that we're uh, a few days removed, what do you think uh, was the biggest thing that stood out to you? How are you feeling about the series that was yeah. with the Lakers? You know, I, I think there's a couple things. I, I would say three. Right, number one, Devin Booker um, really balled out the last two games um, and showed everybody uh, in the in the country. Um, just how good of a player he can be. Uh, I specifically game five in that just, I mean, he literally had the mom, Mamba mentality. And I know we're playing the Lakers and all that stuff, but I mean, he loves Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant meant a lot to him. Uh, just like Michael Jordan showed Kobe Bryant a little bit of the way in his younger um, upbringing, Kobe did the same thing for Devin. So Devin, this meant a lot to Devin. And the fact that he came in and just balled, um, especially in game five, like I said, just terrific, terrific. Number two, DeAndre Aiden. I can't say enough about DeAndre Aiden. Even in the last two games, where you know on the stat on on the stat sheet, it doesn't look like he did much. 
his defensive presence meant the world to this team. And for a for a for a bunch of people out there who thought that, oh my gosh, the Lakers' size is going to be too much. They're going to be too much. DeAndre Aiden made that basically a non-factor for a large part of this series. And uh, I, I'm so freaking happy about DeAndre Aiden. You know, I, I've followed him since his U of A days. Um, I just I'm so proud of that guy. And then number three, how LeBron just kind of basically quit in sections of this series. Um, and, and I can't help but think, you know, as I was traveling to Idaho, I was rewatching, um, the last dance, um, you know, documentary, and I just couldn't help but think Michael would never, Michael would just never just walk back down on the other side of the court, give up on his teammates, leave the bench with five minutes left to go. Like he just would never do that. Um, and and I know this guy's LeBron's in the conversation for the greatest of all time debate and whatever that that kind of cemented it for me that he's not he's not he's not even a top three for me uh, personally. So I just think, uh, you know, LeBron, you know, we, we, we give him a lot of credit as we should because he's one of the great players of all time. But in the greatest player of all time debate, there is no debate. He's just not. Yeah, whatever. For, I don't I, I couldn't care less about the LeBron debate right now uh but you do bring up the last dance and there's a, a part in the last dance where it's become a meme jordan's watching things and it's and then i took that personally right <laughs> every every other scene yes yes <laughs> the phoenix suns are were that way mm-hmm. game three lakers you know lebron messing around the sideline dancing andre drummond mimicking what LeBron's doing out on the court, they took that personally. They they did not like getting, you know, quite frankly, punked. They got uh, they got kicked in the teeth in that game, and then the Lakers decide that they're going to celebrate uh, and, and taunt at that same moment. And the Suns took that personally. And in the in the past, those are the kind of things that may have irritated a Suns team, but wouldn't have wouldn't have pushed them, wouldn't have driven them i feel like it drove this team you saw it in the final moments of of game six where the salsa dance comes out from jay crowder you've got at the same exact time cp3 who's lebron's good buddy doing the the, uh, andre drummond uh you know mimicking the back down move Mm -hmm. you know like you've got devin chirping at the same time i loved that now some people go it's not sportsmanship but If a team does that that to you and you say like you wait until the appropriate moment to do something like that, when you have a series wrapped up more power to you, they said, you know what? You may be the king. You may be the defending champions, but we're the now we do not care what you, what you did, who you think you are. We are here and experience doesn't mean crap. We have, we are here to win. And that's what they did. The remarkable thing is, is, they never gave the impression that either the Lakers were in their head or they were they were feeling any type of slight in any way, shape, or form until you get to that last minute and then they they basically are mocking the Lakers. Like, yeah, we didn't forget. We just didn't want to bother with that because we had business to take care of, which I very much appreciate. You know, and for all the people out there that were upset that Jay Crowder got ejected, calm calm down there, Becca. 
because he got ejected with like less than 40 seconds left to go in the game. And hey, it was completely warranted and it was probably worth it. He probably got a little bit of a fine too. Who cares? It was worth every penny of it. He sprinted to the locker room to 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 celebrate. Like I, I loved every second of if, it. If he got a fine, I will personally start a GoFundMe because I'm pretty sure Suns fans will cover it. That right, was that was up this? there in the Kobe clothesline moment. Just great <laughs> moments against the Lakers. I will forever remember the Crowder salsa dance. And he should start his own line of salsa because I would invest in that as well. Yes. There's a shirt out there, actually. Somebody uh somebody has already made that uh, I think you retweeted yesterday. And yes. uh I, it's in my it's in my cart. So <laughs> it's it's a great moment. And it I is. look, sportsmanship is one thing. Until the other team disrespects you. And, like, they didn't start a fight. It wasn't like they started malice in the palace, too. They said, you taunted us, and we're going to give it right back to you. And also, enjoy your vacation. Yeah. I also think that's it's really incredibly unfair. And, obviously, we knew this was going to happen with the national narrative yesterday about, oh, well, you know, LeBron wasn't at 100%, and AD was out, and blah, 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 blah. If you step on that court, then you're ready to play. And both of those guys did in game six. Obviously, AD should never have been on the court in, in game six. No. Um, and and he sat out game five. But uh, for LeBron himself, like, there is no excuse. Like, he, he showed enough burst in that third quarter to try and pull the Lakers back into the game to get the job done. He just didn't. And so um, I, there, there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, cool. Yeah, those two guys were injured, but – Chris Paul was also injured, which is a significant part of this Suns offense and defense. Um, the fact that he wasn't able to go 100% on the offensive side uh, for a large part of the series was just as much a factor as LeBron and AD being injured. So, you know, everybody wants to talk about the superstars and the defending champs, which is deserved because they are the defending champs. But at the same time, you got to give the Suns team some love. And I just don't feel like enough people are doing that. But it'll come. If they keep winning, it'll come. So. Oh, well, they're not the defending champs anymore because they're on the way to uh, Cancun, likely, and uh, and sitting on a beach because there's nothing left to defend. They've been <laughs> defeated by this uh, by this Phoenix Suns team. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, uh, Suns.com, uh, their digital team uh, does does a great job with video, and they had the post game locker room celebration, right, which was fantastic, and they they showed CP3 talking about, hey, a decade ago, he's talking to, to Monty Williams. A decade ago, you and I were in the same position. 2-7 series against the same team. We lost 4-2. Well, now, now it's our time. It was something something to that. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, so, but but something to that. That that spoke to me how much that that CP3 and Monty Williams want that, want that, want it this year, what it means to them, their connection. That excited me too. So I, I love I loved seeing that. So, but let's bring in somebody that is connected with that uh, Suns.com team, a great content team over there. It's Gina Mizell. Gina, thank you so much for joining us. It's been been a while, but we're so glad to have you back on the show. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So let let me ask. You've you've had the opportunity to work with the team this year, experience a lot of going what's going on. As somebody that's uh, literally an insider, is there something special going on here? Do you feel something different with this team? You've covered a lot of teams, but is there something unique with this group? 
I do think there's something unique. And I, I think it's a product too of just the society and the world that we've been living in during 2020 and even into 2021, where you've re I've read a lot of stories and I think they're all 100% true about just how much of a grind this NBA season was for a lot of teams, whether it was just coming from the bubble and then immediately having to turn around if they made a deep playoff run, whether it was the testing every day, the quarantining, the protocols, not being able to be around friends and family on the road or just all of that. And I think the Suns have kind of taken that. And cert again, certainly those are all hard things to, to deal with uh, just in your everyday life. But that's, I think, in some ways brought them like closer together and they've really leaned on each other. And whether that's the leadership from Monty Williams and Chris Paul all the way down the roster. Before the playoffs started, I, I wrote a story kind of about that and how they built that chemistry with a lot of new players. Like the core was here, obviously, with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and a couple others. But as a new team, how they built that so quickly under very bizarre circumstances. And I think you've seen that kind of show itself in, in different instances throughout the season. And I think you definitely saw it during the, the first round against the Lakers too, when this team was down 2-1. And I think a lot of people were feeling pretty nervous about that. Okay, is this, this magical season going to come to an end against the defending champs and to come back and to win three games in a row to manage uh, Chris Paul's injury and to overcome that and, and to do it and, and close out a game with an amazing performance from Devin Booker on the Lakers home floor, I, I think showed a lot about kind of the, the quality of this team. And then you see it even more in that locker room video that you referenced and, and just uh, that, that connection that you can see between those guys and kind of those like authentic, organic behind the scenes moments. So yeah, I think there is something special and I think you need to have a special team in order to make it this far or to get, to be a significant title contender. And I think uh, the Suns are continuing to show that they um, perhaps deserve to be in that class. You know, Gina, you got here um, in 2018 after covering the Nuggets, uh, yeah. which we'll get to in a second. But um, you were here that first season when uh, Kokoshkov was here. There was some some tough times there. Uh, but <laughs> D.A., Booker, and Mikhail, all three of them here. Um, what have you seen from those three and their transition the last two years really to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, just continued growth, right? And and that's what this team was hoping for from a lot of these lottery picks in previous years. And these are the ones that they hit on, obviously, which you can make an argument that they should have hit on more and there should be more young players or whatever. But, um, you know, Devin Booker's continued ascension into, you know, now that next tier, I think, of star and, and the way that he's performed on a playoff stage. Now, of course, it's only one round, so you got to keep seeing it from him on, on even bigger and bigger stages. But, you know, his continued rising up to the moment, I think has been really neat to see and kind of finally the national recognition, which I think started in the bubble when he hit the game winner against the Clippers. That was kind of his first big postseason type moment, but I think we're continuing to see that. Uh, and then, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, if you would have told me before the series started that he would be the most consistent Suns player and efficient and more aggressive than we've seen him, um, I, I maybe not that I wouldn't have believed you, but I would have been like, wow, okay, because I thought he was going to be the major X factor in the series. Like, okay, do we get good DeAndre or not so good De DeAndre? And, and we saw very good DeAndre up until, you know, he didn't have a great stat line in, in game six, but I think he still had a presence. Obviously, they needed to go small for a lot of that game, so he didn't need to, you know, do as much on the floor. Um, and, and Booker and, and some other guys sort of carried them. And then Mikhail Bridges, too. I mean, 
again, kind of offensively, maybe not as consistent during the Lakers series, but overall as, as a defender, the way that he's grown. And I think being tossed into, okay, you're going to guard the best player, uh, best perimeter player on the opposing team as a rookie, like get thrown into the fire, I think is benefiting him now, even though it was probably pretty challenging uh, in your first season, but the way his offensive game is, has expanded and he's not just a catch and shoot three guy anymore. He's able to kind of get that pull up in the lane. He can finish in transition with athleticism and strength that I think surprises a lot of people. And, and I think you will have a chance to see that maybe a little bit more during these playoffs. So no, those are the three guys that when Monty Williams was hired, they're the only three guys who are left. And there's a reason that they're the three guys who are left because they are the building blocks of this team for the long term. And, uh, you know, certainly it's been really neat to see their continued development and, and just the potential, I think, is still incredibly, incredibly high for, for all three of those players. One of the big takeaways that I had uh, from Igor Tamani, for instance, um, is Igor always talked about Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, whereas Monty came in, talked about the program, our program. This is how we're yeah. going to run our program. Um, I think that's a major difference there uh, because it kind of tells the rest of the team you're just as important as as the superstar of this team, right? Um, it, have you seen that? Is that what you feel as well, or is there a, a different mindset that you you think we can point to when it comes to Monty Williams from the previous regime? I mean, I think it really is just the the way he's able to connect with all of the players from, you know, he's got the respect of Devin Booker, which obviously you need that, and of Chris Paul for that matter. But I guess if we're talking about since the very beginning and they've got a great rapport and then it filters on down to, um, you know, the, the whole rest of the roster. I mean, everyone Truly, I think on that team and even on the staff, like Monty Williams is revered. And I don't use that word lightly. And if you look across the league and the people that he's worked with throughout his career, um, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody more respected around the league than Monty because of the way he conducts himself, because of the way he leads, because of the way, um, you know, he's obviously handled immense adversity in his own life and just the 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 way he's been able to you know overcome that and now sort of impart this wisdom on the team and and yeah I kind of go back to the story that I wrote a couple weeks ago about all of his different catchphrases and his mantras and we hear them I whenever I was working on that story I would be like okay, if I hear this all the time I know you as players are hearing it like five thousand times more than I am but it's not these like cheesy catchphrases it's like actual things that people can take whether it's players you know, coaches, other people on staff, even like regular people like us that that sort of keep you focused and keep you thinking about the most important things in life. And I mean, yeah, the, the mantra of everything you want is on the other side of hard like that. Who, who can't relate to that? And it's yeah. it's authentic and it's real and it's not cheesy and it's not coach speak. It like it comes from a good place. And so I think, you know, when you look at his, he's he's like the perfect coach for this type of team, which you think about back two years ago when he was hired, um, you know, it's widely reported, obviously, that he had his choice between the Suns or the Lakers. And you wonder, I mean, I'm sure he would have been a great coach of that Lakers team. You know, I'm sure LeBron would have ex respected him and, and that whole group. But really, I think kind of this young, up and coming, rising team that maybe needs a little more guidance as human beings and team building and all of that kind of organic stuff. I think Monty is just like the perfect fit, which is um, it, it kind of it's it's worked out really well that that kind of all these people sort of came together at this moment. And now two years later, we're, we're sort of seeing the result of that. Gina Mizell of Suns.com joining us here on the show. Gina, Saul talked about it. You have previously covered the Nuggets in mm -hmm. Denver. A lot of talk that we hear 
when going into a series or if you're going to play a, a team in Denver is the altitude. I mean, it's the mile high city for a reason. And how much of an impact do you think that really has on athletes having seen it firsthand? And especially when there's a chance you have to play three of these seven games there in this series. I think it's a factor, um, but I don't think it's like a deciding factor. I mean, you, you guys, pretty much any time a team would roll through Denver, uh, my season covering them, they'd be asked about it. And so they're like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a factor. And you wonder if they're just it's like confirmation bias or if they're like not that they're making an excuse, but they're like, yes, this definitely is a factor in the same way that in a normal gear, um, you know, perhaps like the nightlife in New York or LA or Chicago, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that could impact a team uh, that are like sort of outside non-basketball factors. But yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Um, I I noticed it when I lived there, like when I first moved there that, um, yeah, you're huffing and puffing a little bit more if you're trying to like exercise or trying to hike or trying to do anything that's physically active but um these are also or, or, get, or get drunk faster yeah. <laughs> that, yes oh <laughs> um, i know <laughs> yes, all of those things um but do i think that's going to swing the series one way or the other no so i think guys need to be prepared for it obviously everyone on that roster um except for i guess like a jalen smith even a jalen smith perhaps has experienced it at this point so um and also the fact that you have two games there you're not just coming like in and out of the city that time in between, I think maybe might help adjust a tiny, tiny bit too, where you get sort of your, your lungs get used to it a little bit more. Well, talking about a guy that had mile high expectations and lived up to him this series though, or this season, uh, Nikola Jokic, how, how unbelievable has, has that guy's progression been? uh, And, and how big of a, of a problem do you think he may be for DeAndre Ayton, even though we saw DA take that step in round one? Yeah, yeah. Well, Nicole has been awesome. And again, sort of watching my season that I covered them in 2017-18, that was sort of their, they reminded me of the Suns from the bubble in a lot of ways and that they, you could tell they were on the cusp. And, and part of that was Nikola Jokic was on the cusp. And that was the last season he did not make the all-star team um, and then had a great second half of the season. And that's kind of propelled him to the stratosphere that he's in now. But I mean, he's just, it's funny. I was out to dinner with some family last night and we were talking about the series and I was, and you know, they're casual fans and now they're, they're kind of getting into the suns. And I was like, okay, when you watch the nuggets, you're going to see this like big seven foot Serbian dude that you're not going to think is good at basketball. And oh, by the way, he's the MVP of the league. <laughs> and, and I mean, his passing, his court vision, his shooting, um, you know, it just the the way the, the physical specimen that he is and the way he can rebound and, and all of that has just been he I mean, he's one of the most fun players in the league to watch. And he's, you know, obviously taken himself to a, a different stratosphere even than when I covered him. And as far as DeAndre Ayton's concerned, yeah, I, I can't wait to see this matchup, not because not just because of the step that he made in round one, but also those two back to back games against Denver back in January, which feels like forever ago when when the Suns lost in overtime both games, DeAndre Ayton played really well in those two games and, and really stood up to Jokic. And that was kind of the first flash that you saw from him this year of being like, okay, is he starting to figure it out? And I remember Jokic had some really nice um, comments about DA after one of those games. I think it was after the second one when they were done playing. But 
that's going to be a blast to watch because, again, it's been forever since these two teams have played each other. I think both teams are in much different places. And and just to kind of see that battle, it's, it's going to be obviously a, a massive, massive part of, of this series moving forward. When we talk about DA's mentality, one of the things that, that always stands out to me is, is he – for the most part, he always gets up for a challenge, right? And when you're coming into this series and you know you got the MVP right in front of you, you know you have to play your A game. Otherwise, you might be going home. Um, it, when, when he when he comes onto the court, do you see that same thing? And and is it is it a matter of just education and maybe just the process of, of finding those small things, even when you're not playing the MVP, of trying to find things that are going to motivate you like the greats do. Like they'll find the smallest little thing. We were just talking about a little bit ago, Espo, about how Michael Jordan would be like, yeah, you know, and George Carl walked by me in the restaurant, didn't even say hi. And right. yeah, I took that personally. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, is that something that you can learn? Do you think that's something Devin Booker has kind of learned um, mm -hmm. that maybe he can relay on to DA? Or is that just maybe an inner uh, trait that he has? Yeah, I think I think you definitely that's stuff that you can learn just as you go throughout your career because again, the NBA season, the regular season, it's a grind and it's it's tough. And you know, in the middle of January when you're halfway through the season and you're on some East Coast trip, you're like in Cleveland and it's 20 degrees and it's snowing and just you're maybe not as fired up to do do your job, period, whether it's basketball or something else. Uh, but you do have to kind of find just that inner motivation or just something that can push you on that day. And I think every person kind of has to figure out what that is for them. But as far as DA being up for a challenge, I, I, yeah, that's I, throughout his career, that's kind of been a constant that he gets up to play. Even his rookie season, he would get up to play Giannis. He would get up to play LeBron. He would get up to play like some of those, even and even when um, maybe his team lost or he didn't perform as well against those, those, you know, bigger names, like you could tell that he was super engaged in it. And so I see no reason to believe that he would not be super engaged for this matchup. And, you know, I'm sure the Nuggets watched DeAndre and said, okay, this is a guy who's maybe taken another step or that we need to focus on even more. And so all of that chess match and all of that, like whether it's game to game, round to round throughout these playoffs, that's, what's really fun to watch. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's DA's mentality has been a major storyline throughout his whole career. And, you know, you saw him very consistently locked in and playing with authority uh, in that first round. And, and now again, it gets, it gets even tougher with you got to play the MVP or you got to match up with the MVP. So um, cannot wait to see how he, you know, responds as, as these playoffs keep going. So it's been a bit of a different year for you uh, as well, Gina, you have a kind of transitioned from being beat writer and having to do the normal things for a beat writer to, to being able to tell more of these stories, really getting deep and, and, and finding these stories. What has been your favorite story to tell this year? And, and what is, why was it your favorite? What was it about that the particular story that you enjoyed most? Yeah, it's been really fun to kind of to dive deep. And that's, that's like the most fun part for I feel like any writer, any journalist is to do those that type of work. And so um, the, the Monty Mantra piece was was really, really fun to do, mostly because that's seriously a story I'd been wanting to do for like a year and a half, like even going back to last season, when I started hearing these phrases over and over, I was like, hey, this would be a good story. And I kind of planted some seeds even back then, but to actually have that um, come to fruition and to, to have that out there and for people to to enjoy it and respond to it has been really, really cool. Um, and then something that kind of ties back to what you were mentioning when I first came on, um, I, I did a story about Chris Paul and all of his New Orleans connections that have all sort of come back um, with the Suns. And Monty's obviously at the top of that list, but also 
Willie Green was one of his teammates with the Hornets. And they are now like they became best friends from that time in their career. And now they're obviously working together because Willie Green's an assistant on the staff. Um, Jeff Bauer was on the Hornets staff that drafted Chris Paul way back in the day. And he had some great stories when I talked to him about even when they were together in Oklahoma City, when they had to relocate because of Katrina. And so that was a really fun way to kind of dig back into Chris Paul's past. And I feel like that sort of showed, um, you know, why he was comfortable coming to the Suns and why the Suns were confident that he was the type of guy that was sort of the missing piece to propel this team forward, that there was just a comfort level, a connection, a a confidence from both sides. And it really just comes from the history that they had together. And so that was a really fun story to kind of dive into and report. And then um, it came out one of the times they played in New Orleans. So I think like mid-February. So that was even before uh, he was an all-star, before it was in the MVP conversation, before the finished second in the West. It was kind of a mid-season story, but I always like those types of pieces because yes, we love sports because of the tactical stuff and the matchups and the games. But at the end of the day, these are all people and the people are what's most interesting to me and how those people create this team that then creates this product on the floor that's either really good or not so good. And and it's all sort of part of it. And so, yeah, those types of stories are, are really fun. And so, yeah, I would, I would point those two out as a, as my favorites that I got to do this year. I'm so not Gina, gonna, I'm, oh, go ahead. One second. So Gina, you can confirm that Jeff Bauer does exist. There's a running joke <laughs> on son's Twitter that he does not. <laughs> well, if you're ever at a game, he sits like right next to James Jones on the baseline. Like it's him Ryan Rush, and, and Jeff Bauer. So yes, you, if you're ever in the building, you can see him very easily. <laughs> well, you, you can understand uh, people hadn't been in the building oh, yeah. a while either. So oh, it just kind of fueled it. So. I'm, I'm kidding, but yes, he's, I the man, he's the man behind the curtain. Yes, I'm aware of the joke and he's not as, you know, front facing as James Jones. He's in, and yeah, so I, I get it. I get it for sure. Uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Gina, because I know you work for the team and I'm not going to say, do you think that Suns will go to the NBA finals? But what I will ask is if there's one thing that the Sun, that if, if the Suns made it to the NBA finals, it's because of X. What is that X? Who? Um, Wow. I mean, this is such a cop-out answer, but if they play the way they've played this season, like if, if the ingredients line up, the easiest thing would be to say, if Chris Paul's shoulder heals all the way and he's 100% and this team's at full strength, I think that's you know that's a great sign that this team has a great chance. But if they play the defense that they've played for most of the season, if DeAndre Ayton continues to play the way he does, if Devin Booker continues to show out the way he's he did in the first round, if... The, the collectiveness and the ball movement is there. I mean, yeah, if this if this team can keep playing the way that they have during the regular season, they were the most consistent team, one of the most consistent teams in the NBA this season, and they swept the Utah Jazz. So that's like all of that would line up. So yeah, it's. I mean, we could dive into all kinds of things that that are, are X factors or or the deciding factor, but really, you don't need that with the Suns team when it's like if they just do what they've done this season. If they've been the team they've been this season, they were the second best team in the NBA and have a great chance to go to the finals. So, like I said, that's probably a cop out answer, but that's uh, that's. No, what I mean I- that's spoken like a true professional. You you made <laughs> one answer into four, so yeah, it was great. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. There you go. <laughs> that's what we do here. Just less, uh, less well. You you have a way with words that we uh, that we lack. So thank you for that, Gina. Uh, before before we let you go, uh, I hope you've been taking notes all year because I can't read, wait to read the book about this season. And, and I and I'm hoping that that we get one because this has been uh, one heck of a ride. And I'm so glad that you have been 
uh, on the inside and been able to share these stories because, uh, you know, in a year where we've all felt somewhat disconnected in general mm -hmm. with life, you've provided a connection with this team in a window inside. And, and I really do uh, appreciate that, Gina. I don't know if you've heard that enough from the fans. So I, I do have one question. Your access um, is a little bit different than traditional media access because you do work for the team. So are you able to see more things than than everybody else for the most part? So yeah, like honestly, it's maybe not as good as you might think because just the mm -hmm. travel party and the access to the facility was super, super tight this year. So I was not able to go to the facility either because I was not in that like very tight group that was what that was the travel party. But I did travel for the playoffs. I did go to LA. And so even just being there for um, to see those moments that you don't see on TV. And I, I give credit to the Lakers and the Staples Center because if you were vaccinated, you were able to sit in the normal media seating, which is right behind the basket. So for instance, during the series, um, when campaign had those fans like barking at him during game three, uh, they were like sitting right next to me. And so I could actually hear the exchange happening or after game six, I caught Devin when he walked off the court yeah. pointing up to the coat, like, yeah. Something that. that I that I saw that I would never have seen if I was just watching it on TV. So mm -hmm. being able to see those types of moments and to kind of feel the energy of the building has been really nice. And, you know, hopefully as the playoffs continue and, and maybe things continue to get a little bit better, maybe there will be more opportunity for some access. But being back on the road has been really, really nice during the playoffs because that is where you see all the, you know, kind of more behind the scenes stuff. And and yeah, it's been a strange year for for everybody. And we've kind of had to push through those challenges. But um, I, I'm glad that the the writing and, and the work that we've done has, has helped some fans, you know, feel a little bit more connected to a team that sort of circle it back. It is, I think, special and has it has been just such a weird, strange, unique, awesome, fabulous, unexpected season. And and hopefully, uh, hopefully, there's plenty more to to cover and to write about and to talk about in in the days and weeks to come. She sure. is Gina Mizell of Suns.com. Gina, let everybody know where they can follow you and and keep up with your great work. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Gina Mizell, G-I-N-A-M-I-Z-E-L-L. -L, and then all of our work is on uh, sons.com. So we'll be continuing to write. Myself and my colleague Cody Cunningham are sort of holding down the fort. And we've got lots of stuff planned for round two and, and can't wait to, uh, to keep going. So glad to see Cody's success. He was an intern yeah, when I was yeah. in that department, and he is uh, he's come a very long way, and it's great great to see that. And we, yes. we're glad to see your success as well, Gina. Make sure to follow her on Twitter. One of the best follows. And, Gina, I want to thank you for not following Saul on Twitter because it's friends <laughs> so, so please don't ever follow him on Twitter. I don't know why it's never happened. I was like, I see her every day. Maybe she just doesn't like me. No, no. Okay, so and here's the thing is when I first started covering the team, you guys all pop up in my timeline anyway. And so I, I think I went through this phase where I – Followed a bunch of people, and then I thought that I had followed like everybody, and then suddenly I have not. So I will, I will correct that, and I feel terrible because guess what, Saul, you, you are not the only one that like has that this has happened to. Like, there's a couple people that are like, why don't you follow me? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> it's you don't, all good. You it's don't all follow good. me either, but I'm not petty like Saul. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. No. I brought it up earlier, but I wasn't going to bring it up now. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I apologize for that. And I, oh, you know, watch. Okay, here we go. We're going to do this right now. <laughs> Live on the show. Live we on the show. <laughs> messages. And yeah. Yeah, you, you were able to DM me. Here we go. Follow. 
I wasn't able to DM you. I literally yesterday to try and get you on the show, I was like, oh, I'll reach out to her. I see it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank Look, you, Gina. If we accomplished one thing today, it was that we got Gina to follow us on Twitter. There so there you go. I'm not like I'm. I feel like the jerk. Now we got guilt follows. Like exclusive club. It's honestly, it's because you all pop up in my timeline anyway. I'm like, I don't even realize that I'm not following because everyone's retweeting you guys all the time. It's all good. I, tr I tried to pay, I tried to uh, pull the same shit with Devin Booker, but it didn't work. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gina. Exclusive club. Devin Booker also does not follow me, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was the my rookie. I act, I, I had to help that guy learn a bunch of stuff. No. He didn't follow me either, so it's uh, it's fine. So you have thank no you, idea. Gina. Uh, wait, wait, Gina. Wait, before we go, I got we got to show you this now since since okay. Espo wanted to bring it up so oh, desperately. No. We have to bring this up because no, please, this is his guidance uh, when it comes to Devin Booker. Uh, his this was literally season. the first time I met him. Yes. Oh my goodness. I don't know where they're at. They're at Papa's Fun Place or something. I don't know what's going on. Gorilla's Greenhouse. I think it's oh the fries. God. It looks like a McDonald's like play place. <laughs> uh, if anybody asked, that hoop is like uh, nine and a half feet tall, not seven. So, uh, thanks for embarrassing me, Gina. Thank you for having some fun with us this morning. I, oh, no I appreciate it. I hope you guys uh, have a great weekend and yeah, let's, uh, let's enjoy this series guys. Thank you. Safe, safe travels as you head to Denver as well. And, uh, and, and thank you for everything you're doing for the fan base. She is Gina Mizell follower on Twitter at Gina Mizell head to sons.com. Get all of her great content content. We appreciate her, and uh, Saul, you were dead to me after showing that video. <laughs> you brought it up, man. Hey, you want some shine? I gave I you some shine, baby. I didn't say, hey, embarrass me. <laughs> oh, I followed Devin Booker around his rookie season. I, I'm oh, just yeah? glad. Let me give a sample so she can see what we're talking about. I'm just glad you haven't found a few other videos that were out there. Uh, oh, uh, you know, project. There is, there is a Devin Booker beating me by 80 points in uh, NBA 2K. From oh his gosh, uh, dude. from his rookie oh uh, gosh, trading dude. camp, I me mean, dunking with the gorilla. You're never gonna find those. I had those buried, and when I say I had those buried, the Suns deleted them as quick as I left the the franchise for their own sake. So uh, yeah. that's uh, that's a good move. That's a smart move. You can't hate on them for that one. No, I no, I <laughs> I'm glad that they did that for all of us. I'm so glad that Gina took uh, yeah. a few minutes with us. As she really has provided some great insight uh, and interesting stories there as as well and i'm not kidding i hope i hope we get a book out of this season because one of my favorite books is uh called the uh, the little team that could and and darn near did it was a story a book by uh, uh joe gil martin the late great joe gil martin that followed uh, the 75 76 suns team on their magical run and it's one of my favorites and uh hope we get a get a book out of this so yeah, I think we as will. well. I think we will. There's oh, there's I'm... so much there's so much great content out there, and and you had mentioned Cody Cunningham, who, who uh, if if you don't follow him, uh, you should. But he, he even Cody's progression as a writer has gotten um you know it, it's gone up another level. I would say since Gina joined the program, and I I, I assume that they're working together a lot and um, developing storylines and um and and the thing about the what they're writing is is like. Yes, it's it's a very pro Suns slant, right? But you don't know that if you're if you don't know that they work for the team. That's what I enjoy about it. It's very unbiased. This is the observation that I have about this team, um, and this is what's going on. And, and it's it's just fantastic work. 
look, having been somebody that that had to sit in that seat, yeah, you, of course you're not going to write a, a negative hit piece, but that doesn't mean you're not getting amazing access and interesting insights mm. and providing unique takes. And yeah, Cody's done a great job with it. Gina has, and and it's valuable. It's things that we wouldn't know otherwise. It's an inside look, and and there's nothing wrong with that. We live in a world that's full of of bias in one way or another, and we're we're a group that loves the sun, so I don't care if I get a little pro suns in my uh, in my feed. So thank you to that. Thank you to the chat who's not being as mean about that video uh, as I thought. Uh, so, no, they're so actually it. taking it out on DA. They're like, well, <laughs> Espo can dunk. Why can't DA? And I'm yeah. like, come on, guys. Come DA on. could dunk on a six and a half foot hoop. No problem. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Uh, anyway. So, so we talked with Gina a little bit about the the Nuggets series, but I want you and I to get into this because we haven't had a whole lot of chance to talk about it. We spent a lot of time talking about that Lakers uh, season or series, excuse me, and now it's time to to shift the focus. It's time yeah. to look ahead. Uh, the semi Western Conference semifinals begin Monday night, seven o'clock, and you're. Home court advantage. So first two are here in Phoenix, just like in that Lakers series, which I think is is huge. But you look at this Nuggets team, and it's not the same team that the Suns faced early in the year. I mean, they had finished with their three-game series with the Nuggets in early January, right? Jamal Murray was still there. Uh, you know, they, they had a, a lot of different starters at the time. Paul Millsap was starting for them. Uh, just a different look for the Nuggets. This team, despite the Jamal Murray injury, ha- has continued to play at a high level. Nikola Jokic, obviously, the presumed MVP. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has has kind of blossomed in a way that uh, I think we felt DA did uh, over, over this year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has done the same for them, and it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting to see how well they've been able to play and be able to do that without one of their big guys. But it does create in this series a very unique set of circumstances where where the Lakers were this big team, uh, lots of superstars. How are you going to beat it? This series is going to be Nikola Jokic, the Joker versus Datman, DA uh, going up. Uh, against uh, against the Joker there, and how does that? How much can can Da kind of counteract Nikola Jokic, and then what can the Suns guards do against a depleted group there in Denver? Can Devin Booker take it to Austin Rivers? Which the answer should be yes, and twice on Sundays, right? Yeah. It should, uh, but it, it's a very depleted backcourt. How do you see this this series? And what the Nuggets are bringing into it that that the Suns are going to have to counteract. Um, just like a lot of our our chat says, um, I, I am leaning Suns in six. Um, I think I think depth is what's ultimately going to get the Nuggets. Um, I, I think you know when you, when you're talking about their starting lineup, they got as good a starting lineup right now, even without Jamal Murray, as anybody else in the league. Um, you got Aaron Gordon, who's a, a super athletic power forward. Uh, he can match up with he can he can match up a little bit with DA from time to time. He's he can play all basically he can guard mm-hmm. all five positions. Um, and then you know, but Gary Harris being out or, or being injured that hurts them quite a bit, especially with Jamal Murray being out. So their backcourt is 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 suffering. If if Chris Paul is 
is is what Chris Paul was in the fourth quarter against the Lakers, plus healthier because we assume he's going to be a little bit healthier. He's going to recover a little bit more with that shoulder. Um, I just don't see the Nuggets being able to compete with the Suns long term in a series like this because the Suns, hey, they, they put it to you defensively, and that's what's going to wear you down. And MPJ, I think MPJ is going to get his, um, but you've got to limit Jokic. And everybody else offensively, I feel like, isn't, it isn't as high. I'm sorry. I didn't mean Gary Harris. I'm sorry. Um, and so, so I, I just, I, th- I think overall, the Suns team's got enough to beat this, uh, to beat this Nuggets team. It's not going to be easy though. Um, one bad thing can go wrong, and, and then all of a sudden, the series is 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 a nail biter. But I feel pretty confident in the Suns right now. Yeah, I feel this matchup plays a little bit better for the Suns uh, than than we felt that the you know. The Lakers series obviously went went in the Suns' favor, but I, I I think the matchup wasn't as as favorable as this one is. I mean, Da isn't going to shut down Jokic, but when you look at when they went head to head in a couple of those games, I believe it was like that in one of the games, Da held Jokic to two of nine shooting when they were playing together. But the switching on defense is is going to be what what's going to become most important because. That's what Denver's going to try to do. They're not going to want this to be a straight-up DA versus Jokic. That that matchup isn't where Jokic is going to win. It's when they're going to force a switch and a Devin Booker or a Jay Crowder or somebody with, with less size is on Jokic. And that's going to mean the Suns are going to have to be better at, at consciously fighting through picks, trying to figure out how not to, to switch into an unfavorable matchup that that goes in in Jokic's favor I mean, in this. This guy Jokic is averaging thirty three points a game in the playoffs right now, and I'm like, there's just no way. There's just I. I'm not going to say no way, but I will say that it is. It's going to be a, a more of a challenge for him to go up against Da and still drop thirty three ten, and he was averaging. He was only averaging five assists against the the Trailblazers because he had to score. Um, and, and MPJ, you know, 20 points basically or 19 points a game. And then Monty Morris is who I was referring to before, but, um, you know, he's, he's at, you know, 15. So, um, but overall, you know, there's nothing that really stands out about this Nuggets team that, that makes you like super scared outside of Jokic. But, um, at the same time for the casual observer out there outside of Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul has been injured. So there's nothing that, Maybe Denver fans are probably saying the same thing. Well, there's nothing about the Suns that scares me. I'm like, okay, well, uh, come get this sauce and you'll find out. Um, and so you know, we'll see how it all plays out in game one for sure. Look, look, Mikhail Bridges on MPJ is going to be the matchup, at least defensively, uh, of the series. You're going to have to you're going to have to shut him down because it's, I I don't forgive me I don't know who in the chat mentioned it, but but Jokic is going to get his. I mean, in all likelihood, the guy has has played out of his mind all year. You're not going to completely shut down, shut down Jokic, but it's no. Gonna you be just about, have to slow him down. That's all you have to. Yeah, do. but 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 how you slow him down is by cutting off his other options too. Like if yeah, you and, and and just like um, somebody just said it in the chat, really. Oh, Nicholas Tan just said it in the chat is that they were Portland was very focused on making Jokic beat them and nobody else. But that didn't really work out in Game Six when MPJ has 22 in the first quarter. You know yeah, what I mean? like, well, and Portland's defense isn't what the Suns' defense is. Obviously, very true. You know, Portland's offense, you know, was very one-dimensional in the series. It was 
Dame Lillard and uh, nobody else really helping him out. That's what the Suns can't fall into. This can't become Devin Booker dropping 50 every game and nobody else uh, helping him either because no. that'll play, I think that will play into Denver's favor. You, you'll wind up playing very much like Portland did. Now, I don't think that'll be, be the case, and, and Herbie brings up a, a great point that we talked about on, on the last post game. but Torrey Craig, I think, plays a big part in this. Yeah. Having been with that Nuggets organization uh, last year, he knows a lot about this team. I think he's going to come in and not only help in practice, but be a guy that can come out on the court and be a disruptor as well. But to me, one of the biggest factors is DeAndre Ayton can't get in foul trouble because we we'll split hairs over who should, who should be the backup Frank or, or Dario. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if either one of those have to go guys have to go up against Jokic he will cook them does not matter which one it is. And that you, you're going to have to match Deandre Ayton's minutes with Nikola Jokic's minutes in this series. Every time Jokic comes off the floor, DA should be coming off the floor. Every time Jokic comes in, DA should go in. He should be his shadow. He should, he should not give any more room than, than Nikola Jokic's shadow gives him anywhere. He goes, DA should be in this series. And that's foul trouble could be the one thing that scares me. We talked about the other day, too, about Dario. Um, and some people seem to think that Dario will be more effective in this series. Um, I'm not one of those people. I think Dario is more inside his head than anything else at this point. And he's, he's lacking confidence big time. But, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and, and I agree. I, I think Torrey Craig, uh, th there's so many possible X factors. Cam Johnson could be an X factor in this series. Um, you know, it's just... I think the two teams match up fairly well against each other, so I think it makes for a fun style of a ball game um, more than the Lakers because the Lakers want to slow you down and you know they they got a lot of veterans, but they got you know they got quite a few old people uh, that that you know are up there in the NBA age, right? So um, you know, I'm coming from a 41 year old, I'm calling a 34 year old LeBron James old, but um, in basketball years, that's true. And so when you're talking about the Nuggets, though. Not the case. Everybody on that team is ab about the same age, if not, uh, you know, just a little bit older, a little bit younger than than the Suns. So, um, I, dude, this is gonna be a fun series. I, I think this is gonna be a funner series to watch than the Lakers series because I just feel like the the offensive firepower on both ends is gonna be fun to watch. Um, the matchups are gonna be fun to watch. And uh, watching Da, I, I I really enjoyed watching Da in the Lakers series. And I think I'm just going to like it even more in this series. And if I do like it more in this series, that means that the Suns are probably going to move on to the Western Conference Finals. If I don't like it in this series, ooh, <laughs> not so hot. Look, look, I, I think this is a preview of a battle that we're going to have to go through numerous times uh, when it comes to the Western Conference and the Suns. Mm -hmm. If, if yep. this Suns team's built for, for long-term success, the Nuggets are going to be a team that's right there with them that entire time. And I think Jokic will, will always wind up being a measuring stick for DA and a guy that he's going to have to go up against and prove himself. So Brian in the chat, Paul Millsap is 45. Yes, he is. So it, it, he brings it. He, he, he brings up that average on the, on the Denver average age. Uh, any fear that there's going to be let down? I'm a, I'm a little afraid, no. at least in game one. No, no, I, d I don't think that because I feel like the Suns knew that they should have wrapped up this series against the Lakers early. 
um, especially after game five and watching AD in the first minute or two. I mean, that was the game plan coming in, right? They were like, yeah. well, let's see how, how good AD really is. And they found out real quick, like, yeah, he ain't going to be a factor. So <laughs> I, I, if it was a, if it was like, you know, a nip and tuck series and it went game seven and it was a nail biter and, you know, I would be a little bit concerned of a letdown, especially with such a quick turnaround, but you've had, you have three days in between, you're going to get rest. Monty's going to get them refocused. Chris Paul was already trying to get them refocused in the locker room after the game um, and said, yeah, we're, we're happy that we beat these guys, but we still got more work to do. And Devin Booker has been on that road. He's been on that message. Uh, he, he's, he's like, Hey, you know, it was great to beat the Lakers, but that's step one. We got more to more to go. And so I don't feel like it's going to be a letdown. Plus Suns fans, you ain't going to let this team let down. Not with that crazy crowd. They, that not going to happen in that arena. Because hey, Suns fans are bringing it, and uh, I think that's what's going to happen on Monday. They'll be plenty ready to go. We need we need a good Denver chant. Beat LA is so good. There needs to be a good chant. Uh, cook the Nuggets. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I don't I don't know. We, we something's got to become up. It's fans have got to get creative. <laughs> cook out there. the Nuggets, sponsored by Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Look, hey, we'll we'll sponsor anything around here. I'll sell ads on Shell's forehead if it gets us some cash in the door. Speaking of cash in the door, it's time for the smooth baller. We're gonna call it of the series. Got Bush, not if you got Manscaped. Trim that bad boy with a new lawnmower 4.0 at manscaped.com. And you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll close shave and you'll like it. And so will she. Our smooth baller of the series has to be Devin Booker. There's nobody smoother than that. 29.7 points, 6.2 rebounds, 5 assists, and a 42.93 point percentage uh, for the series. Devin Booker balling out. And uh, doing it smoothly. If you want to save 20% on your Manscaped products, head to manscaped.com. Use the code FLAMINGBALLERS. Get free shipping, 20% off. If you don't want your boys to look like Saul's chin, we recommend getting the lawnmower. 4.0. Uh, thank you to our friends over at Manscaped, one of the groups that have supported this show all season long. And we appreciate you guys. So, yeah, get take care and take advantage of that 20% off at at uh manscaped.com use the code flaming ballers so, so i'm very proud of you right now why you know if, if we rewound if we rewind all the way back to the very first time you did a manscape ad i think that thing took like 10 minutes because all you wanted to do was drop ball puns and look at you you've cut it down to like a minute man i'm proud of yeah, you Good and job. i made fun of your chin i mean and that's all did. i need yeah, it's all so. coming around full circle all right before we get out of here i want to know if you were to invest <laughs> because I didn't. I didn't put together a big board. I'm trying to come up with something. Oh, new I got to, something else to talk about okay. too. So okay. Well, let me throw let me throw this out, and then we can uh, we can get to yours. Uh, if you were to invest money, right? If I'm saying, you know what, I need you to invest a mortgage payment, right? Would you invest it in the Suns beating Denver, Devin right. Booker being ascending, having truly ascended with that last series into stardom in the NBA or in Jay Crowder's new salsa line, which one are you going to put your money in as, as the Ooh. one that you think is the, the most likely for success for you? Ooh. I do like me some salsa, but I don't think Jay Crowder makes a good salsa. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I've never eaten it. So. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm probably going to defer to, Ooh, so it's between the between Booker and the Suns beating the Nuggets. 
I have confidence in the in the Suns beating the Nuggets. I do, but I think Devin Booker is is on the doorstep of superstardom in the NBA, and this series is what's going to put him over the top. And so I'm going to go with Devin Booker. You know, I feel like uh, Jay Crowder's salsa would be very much like the Thunder Dan candy bars. Yeah. Uh, you'd find it in the back of your fridge uh, about 10 years later and go, oh, that was a fun time. Yeah, <laughs> there's still people that find Dan Marley chocolate bars in the back of their freezer now, 20 year, 25 years later. So, uh, but I think you're right. Uh, th- that'd be a novelty act. And if I'm looking for sustainability, how am I going to make that money off my off my mortgage payment? Um, this is, t- this is almost a push situation. I think both of them would make you your money back quite frankly, but if I'm going for the quick money, I'm going to say sons and seven and, and they'd beat the nuggets. So I, so I put my mortgage payment on that. Don't tell the missus though, because, uh, I, I don't know that we have a mortgage payment to gamble on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so what's your, uh, what do you want to bring up? Well, you know, 28 years ago today, uh, you know, pretty cool thing happened. Uh, the Suns made it to the Western conference finals. Uh, and uh, they played in game seven, and one Sir Charles Barkley had a freaking amazing game. And so I just figured, hey, this is a this is a good time to, to talk about how my man went 44-24 and just completely ripped to shreds the, the Seattle Supersonics, uh, at, and they were called the Supersonics at the time. Um, it's just it's just a great ball game. 44 and 24, I, I just – I can't even fathom that right now, especially the rebounding part, 24 rebounds in addition to 44 points. Um, so I wanted to bring that up. Um, that's also because, uh, you know, our man Dave's not here. So I figured I would, uh, Ooh, Dave, stat me. Ooh, Saul, stat me with the retro video. No, look, uh, I I think, I I think we could see DA not probably not in this series, maybe not in this playoffs, but he's a guy that could grab 24 rebounds in, in a game. I don't think that's, that's out of the realm of possibility, but it just brings you, it reminds you of just how unbelievable Barkley was in that run. I thought Booker was going to get close to his 56. Uh, he had 56 in that first round series against, against the Warriors. Or yeah. I thought Booker was going to get close to that in that, uh, in that game six. But uh, that's, that's a point uh, that 44, obviously Booker surpassed that, but I think, I think you get close to that 56 before this playoffs is over. 44 in the Western Conference Finals, Game 7, everything on the line. You got Michael Jordan waiting for you in the next round. Um, and Barkley said that was the best game of his life. Uh, that, that's that's the best he's ever played in his life. And so just, you know, and, and I was around. Obviously, you were around, too. Uh, you were, we were both alive at that point. Um, but I was going into my freshman year of high school at that point. Yes, I'm that old. And uh, just to be around this city at that time, this – this is all bringing that back. It's yeah. all bringing that back and the, the feeling, the vibe everywhere you go, you're starting to see sun's gear. Now you're starting to see people wave their orange flag or, um, or, or the, the Valley flag now, which is all of a sudden become the, the second logo, if you will, for this Spendle. franchise. It's just so much fun, Espo. And, and, and after, you know, I was, like I said, when, when we brought it up with Gina, like I remember talking to Gina after, some of these press conferences or these little these little media scrums uh, with Igor Kokoshkov and just turning around, walking away and being like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, it just didn't make any sense. And, and it just felt like we were going the wrong way. And to see where we're at now, three years later, it's just, it, it makes my heart happy, man. 
Well, let me let me say one thing. I was nine during that playoff run. If you want to feel old, uh, and then uh, I was only twelve, are, so it's all good. Well, you know, I guess I guess we're not that far apart. Yeah, you age. act like we're like a decade apart, dude. Well, and I'm like, no, it's because you probably color your beard. Calm no, down. It's because I'm so used to being around Dave, who's like old <laughs> enough to be my dad. I forget, you know, like, uh, but. I, I shouldn't do that. Dave's not here to to tell me he's yeah, yeah, he yeah. is old. Uh, so, but when we you, know, you look at it, I, that that team was was so special. But then you bring up what we've been through. You didn't get the joy of uh, of Lindsey Hunter and those those press conferences. You no, didn't get the joy of Earl Watson. I don't believe no. where where you know what you you get you get great sayings from Monty that that are truly you know okay i believe in these you got uh, you know if if monty is the nordstrom of a good uh, of a good saying <laughs> you got the walmart of a good of a saying from earl watson it was like it was like you know in cliff notes when or, or you get a bad translation of something that was what earl watson did compared to what monty williams is doing so yeah we've been a lot of places and not a lot of them have been good in the last 11 years and yeah. it's nice to finally enjoy this be able to uh just just enjoy the ride i've had so many people text and be like i know you're enjoying i know you're having fun with this i feel good for you people that that don't necessarily uh have good feelings for the team for numerous reasons but that are like I'm so glad you're finally getting to enjoy this because they know what it means and they know what it means to a yeah, but, city and, all, and that's important. But, you know, Espo, again, like you represent, I represent uh, a lot of Suns fans out there. Everybody in this chat, we represent all of them, you know, and, and we're, we're, you know, we put this together so we can, we can talk on a, on a video stream and with, with our closest Suns friends. Right. And um, it's beautiful, and 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 it's kind of a therapeutic, you know. Every Saturday when we get to do this at eight yeah. o'clock in the morning, because you just don't know who else, you know. In this in this COVID era, right? We don't know what everybody else is going through. There's been so much crap thrown our way, and the fact that we can come here and do this every ever after every post game or every Saturday, and kind of you know uh, make each other feel better, just because you know we're all in the same boat. Whether it's we we're winning or we're losing, it doesn't matter. We're all in the same boat. And for us to finally be winning after all this this time, um, I think we all feel good, and and that's what we represent on this show is that you know we we represent the voice of the fans out there. Um, I'm not going to say some stupid shit like the heart of the fan, but uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, but but that's what we do, you know, and, and it's fun. It's great to you know to listen, and but also thank you, Herbie Bill and Franca, for earlier dropping 200 pesos, I think, in the chat. Uh, donating uh, 200 pesos. It it yeah. was pesos. Go back and look at the chat. It was pesos. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I got a little excited. Up. I was re. I was talking. I was two hundred dollars. I was like, damn. I was like, I was like, did Herbie Bish type? We might want to refund some money here. <laughs> no, there's no. And refund. I saw the currency. I, then I saw the currency. But thank you, <laughs> nonetheless. Much appreciated. As as always, we'll make what sure is, that. How much is 200 pesos? What is that? Like, I, I don't know. You asked bucks? me to do math and conversion rates. All I know, it's four <laughs> bucks. Herbie says that's four bucks in U.S. So we will drop that in the Jay Crowder right. GoFundMe. Fun to pay for his fine salsa, for a salsa, salsa salsa dancing. That's salsa. a spicy donation from Herbie. We appreciate <laughs> it's hot, uh, you guys. Uh, yeah, so thank you to, to everybody. Thank big thank you to Gina Mizell for stopping by the show, having some fun with us, and for confirming what everybody didn't know. 
Jeff Bauer is a real person and has actually helped in the Suns front office. So we break news here on the solar panel as well. Make sure follow Gina at Gina Mizell. You can follow Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because he's got to stock up on that spicy Jay Crowder salsa before go, the baby. second round. Need some room for that. You can follow me at Spicy Jay Crowder. I like that. That's what it should be called. Spicy Jays. Spicy Jays. Yeah. yeah. That should be his nickname for the rest of the playoffs. Too. Spicy, spicy Jay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you can follow me at Aspo. You can follow the show at Sun Solar Panel. Don't forget to hit the join button on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a five-star review on the podcast. So for Saul, for the uh, aforementioned Dave King, who is not here, uh, I am Greg Esposito. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time on the Solar Panel. Ahoy, hoy. Puts it up, does it count? It does!